The opinions of this podcast are my own and not necessarily the opinions of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Ambassador Real Estate, any realtor associations, persons, or entities. If your property is currently listed with a real estate broker, please note that it is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. Welcome to this episode of Hunting Home with Blake Hunter. I'm Todd Studer. Blake is a realtor with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Ambassador Real Estate, offices in Omaha, Nebraska, and in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Blake, thank you so much for your time coming back into the studio again, and thank you once again for bringing in guests. I love it when you do that. Yeah, you know, it's all about adding value, and in, in our business, we can't know it all, all the time, so it's great having really good resources to be able to uh, share with our clients. Introduce who you brought in today. So we have Michelle Sandin in here today, and you may have heard her previously on Emily Swinford's podcast, uh, as well as Swire's Swire's podcast, and she is with Real First, and she's going to help us talk about some lending, some new construction, and some creative ways that maybe you can buy yourself that piece of paradise you've been looking for. Well, Michelle, the uh, the cool thing is about what I do is I get to meet new people and I get to see people over and over again. And you're one of the folks that uh, you're such a, a, a great expert in the real estate industry that everyone wants to talk to you. So <laughs> welcome back. I love back. it. Thank you. I love it. Thanks for having me back. And thank you, Blake. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about how this process works. Because as you said, Blake, people are it seems that there's more of an interest in finding their own piece of ground and getting out of town, but it's kind of a process to make all that happen. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think COVID really brought that out in a lot of people. They wanted to have their own space. I've worked with a lot of people just recently that, you know, have expressed that they're looking to, looking for that acreage. And a lot of times that acreage is hard to find with an existing home. Um, and then a lot of times it's hard to find that right size acreage to be able to buy that, be able to afford it, and then turn around and build a house on top of it. Um, so I think that's why what Michelle has to say today is very important, that there is some other avenues um, that people can get to that, get to that place. Um, so I think that it will, I think people will continue to kind of branch out of the inner city to be able to have that one, two, three acre lot, or even people buying, you know, as large as like a 40 acre plot and having a house on it. I think it's going to become more popular. Well, Michelle, is there things, uh, specific things that people need to take into consideration if they are thinking about doing this? I would, I would guess it's an altogether different process than buying an existing house somewhere in town. It, it is. It is for sure. So Real First, um, which is our consumer product through Farm Credit Services of America, is our the, we're, we're number one in rural lending. And so we are really trying to help the uh, average consumer get out there and get in the country and look for that acreage, um, whether it's five acres, 40 acres, 80 acres, and look to build their dream home. That is what we really focus on is agricultural lending. How often do people come into your office and learn things that just wasn't on their radar at all when it was about this process? Quite a bit because we are a unique lender. You know, we're, we're not your average secondary market lender. So we're able to do a lot of different things that normal lenders can't, which is that, that agricultural lending. What are some of the things that people should consider if they are thinking about this process? Number one is finding a realtor that can get you the land, because the land is hard to come by, that's for sure. Um, it seems like when it's when it's available, it goes fast. Uh, a lot of people like to look for that acreage and then want to build. Sometimes we can do that 
you know, all in one. Sometimes they may have to buy the land and then sit down with them and talk about building maybe a year or two from from now. It just depends on what their financial background looks like and how we can get them there. How about it, Blake? Is it something that is a step-by-step process that when you work with someone, is it we need to get the land bought and then worry about the rest of it later? Or how, how do things work from your side with this process? Well, yeah. I mean, that it really depends on, on what you're trying to do. If you know that you want to build, then yeah, securing that land is the first step. And then, you know, there's a lot of things that go into securing that land what kind of, you know, what are, what are you looking at in that build? Can you build the type of house that you want to build on that type of land? You know, or do you, are, is there any type of rural water connected? Are you going to need a well? You know, there's just all these other things that go into your plan on what you want to build. And, you know, the lending part is where you need to start because you don't even know what you're capable of doing in the first place. Can I buy the land and then turn around and build a house right away? Am I financially capable of doing that? Or maybe this is a maybe this is a longer term plan where I can afford the land now and sit on it for a couple of years and then have that discussion of now it's time to build, you know, maybe a year or two down the road. And a lot of times it's um <clears throat> excuse me, how how far they are in the process because our construction product is a twelve month build. So if they've got their their purchase agreement and they've sat with that contractor and have their plans and bids and specs and they're ready to go, then we can do it all in one. And and that's the easiest and best way is a one time close. It's one set of closing costs all done up front. A lot of times that doesn't happen because that seller wants the land sold. They know they want to build, but they haven't had that opportunity to find a contractor and sit down and get their plans and bids. So that's where we can look at it as a lot loan land loan coming back for the construction loan. Or if if they're ready to go, then we can do it all in one and and save them a set of closing costs. How often when you sit down with someone is it they don't have a clue and they, they haven't even found a piece of property or even know how much property or where or any of the details? Honestly, I think it's about 50-50. It really is. Some of them just have no idea. They just know they want land and they want to get out there. And and what's the first step? I took a call this morning where they know they want to build, but they don't know. Should they start with me, the lender, or they sh- should they go find a contractor? So we kind of just help steer them in, in the best direction and kind of where they're at and give them a lot of opportunities to to visit with contractors. Is there some continuity to that? I mean, such as the answer that you were, would give out today about what to do first is it fairly standard all the way through, or does it vary based on the client? There again, it kind of varies based on the client and wh- where they're at. You know, do they have any type of idea? Are they wanting to build a ranch home? Do they want to build a barn dominium? You know, do they have that land yet? Have they even met with the contractor? If they don't have any of that that they've even gone through, then I pull them in and give them a bunch of options. And, and I give them a couple contractors' names. Kind of start there. You know, go to the contractor. This is this is what you want to build can you do that for me? And how far is the contractor out? Are they six months? Are they 12 months? Are they 18 months? Um, Sometimes uh, weather plays a part. You know, we're going into the best part to now get pre-qualified and hopefully that contractor's ready to start building here in the spring. Um, So it's a good opportunity to start right now and find that land and get with your contractor. I'm curious, and you may not know the answer to this, but if a person wants to build, but they were only able to find land farther away from the metro, which in turn typically would be farther away from the builder, does that mean that the build cost goes up because there's so much travel time involved for the builder? I would say that's probably up to the contractor, the builder. You know, how much do they have on their plate? Maybe they have a couple homes that they're building right now out in that area. So I think each contractor is a little bit different. 
Blake, does it get easier the farther out you go away from the metro? Well, I was just going to add to that. You know, if maybe you are going to spend a little money, more money with your contractor, but you might spend less on the land. You know, the further you get away from the from a big metro area, generally you can buy more land at a lower cost. Where if you're just right outside of town, that land's going to be more per acre. What about availability? Does it get better the farther out you go, or is it about standard? I would say that there's more availability the farther you go. Um, but then those options might change where you might have to buy a bigger parcel than maybe you really wanted to because it's not broken down into smaller parcels like small acreages. Maybe you're looking at now buying a 40-acre parcel um, and spending more money than you really planned on just to get what you're looking for in a desired area. Is it an option at all to talk the, the landowner into splitting it up even farther if they didn't need that, or is that not a common thing? Uh, I think that there's definitely, you know, that takes place. Um, I think that that takes place more often with people that know each other or family members. Um, You know, people want to protect what they have. And so if you have a farmer that has that ground that he's he's farming or there's that piece of ground that maybe there's no row crop on it or anything, I, I, you know, I don't blame those people for not wanting to give that up um, unless they need to, unless they need the money or something like that. So, um, I think it's more of a family tie, family connection type transaction. And I'd say sometimes on those bigger parcels, um, what we're able to do is when somebody has a 40 or a 60 or an 80 that they come in, we'll kind of sit down with them and say, you know, is there potential to get income off of this? Because they may not want this huge 40-acre parcel. But then we talk about, are you going to do a hobby farm? Or have you thought about fruit uh, trees? Or is there pasture? Is there hay ground that, that you're able to maybe farm or rent out. So that'll help get a little income off that property. There are some properties as well, not far from here, that they've set up some types of primitive camping and things like that. That I'm, I'm thinking of a site I'm going to give a free plug to on your on your, on your <laughs> podcast here, Blake. But uh, Hip Camp is one. It's kind of like Verbo or Airbnb, but it's for camping. And it, it's an opportunity for uh, people who want to do some remote camp, depending on where the property is. And, and I'm guessing too that a lot of the price is going to depend on is there a paved road that goes in front of the property or is it is it uh, gravel or what the case might be. So there's so many different moving parts in this. There is. I mean, that's just the thing about it. If anyone's going to go down this road, there's a lot of planning that needs to take place. You don't just wake up one day and pick a contractor and uh, say, this is where I'm going to build. There's a lot of thought that goes into this. And, you know, a lot of times when people go, get to this step of buying land and building, that's their forever home. That's where they're going to be. So that planning is really important. I would agree. You know, I, when I meet with the customers for the first time, I, we talk about a relationship. You know, we're going to be working together for six months, nine months, sometimes a year to, to 18 months. Because like Blake said, you just don't wake up and, and want to buy the house down the street. You know, this is this is a dream. This is a project. And you want to make sure that you do it correctly and you find the, the lender and the contractor that you're willing to work with. And they're willing to work with you because it is... It's a process. How often, uh, Blake, when someone comes to you, have they got a lot of this already thought out? Almost never. (laughs) I mean, you know, the thing is, is, I mean, even as a real estate agent, being in this world, when I talked to Michelle on the phone last week, I mean, there were so many things that I was asking that I already kind of have a clue about. And so the average person that's not dealing with this on a day in and day out basis would really, there's no reason that they should know any of those things. And so, you know, that's why Michelle's here today. We're just trying to 
show people that there is options for for maybe wanting to buy the land. You know, the traditional, and there's nothing wrong. I'm, you know, I'm, there's nothing wrong with the traditional transaction buying a house in town, that type of thing. But the reason that I really wanted to talk about this today is because I've had a lot of people reach out about it, and they don't know where to start. You know, they don't know about, you know, can they get a loan to buy a land somewhere? And then if they do that, can they turn around and get another loan to build a house on top of that? Um, so that's what's important to know. That's why it's important to have these conversations. Yeah. And like I said, you know, the we don't have to do it all in one because ma- majority of the time that customer isn't isn't ready to do the construction loan. So just educating them that we do have the, the land loans available. Let's get the land uh, purchased and then let's sit down and work with that contractor and, and get your plans and bids and get everything ready to go. Is there an advantage to doing things over one from one way over the other as far as one loan versus um, going step by step? You know, it would save if you, if we do it all in one, you save one set of closing costs. But sometimes it's just not feasible. That customer's not ready; they haven't met with their contractor, but they know they want this land secured. I think that when you're talking about this type of investment and and this type of commitment, because obviously, if if you are moving out of town and you're buying a chunk of land and you're building a house. Chances are it's your dream house. That's why you're doing it. So uh, saving a little bit of money on closing costs probably isn't going to be that big of a factor. And a lot of times I see if they've, if they've secured the land, now they're excited. They know that, okay, in, in 12 months or 18 months, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to start building my home. So they, it seems like they're able to, to save a little bit more um, and be ready to actually maybe put a little bit more money down when it comes time for that construction loan. So they're not having to finance a lot of it because they're excited. You know, they've got the land. Now they're ready to build the home. Do they ask, okay, do you know any contractors or what is that conversation like? Yes. And I cover 17 counties in Southwest Iowa. So depending on where they're building, I'll kind of give them about three or four names as to the contractors kind of in their area. Is it, uh, Blake, I'm, I'm, there's so many questions that I have about this whole process, mainly because it's kind of a dream of mine, but it's, you know, it's way down the road. I'm too busy building this place. (laughs) (laughs) But do you see this as a continuing trend or is this just something that is, is very strong interest now and expecting it? eh, Maybe this won't be as strong of an interest in a year or two. Well, I think it's going to continue to trend. Um, and it really depends on, you know, what type of community that, that you live in and your awareness level of it. You know, if you are, are live outside of the metro area, you know, you're, you're probably doing this anyway. You know, if you're not living inside of a community, like, you know, even a small town. But I think people will continue to do, to move outside the metro, to be able to have that space, to be able to build that shop building that they've always wanted to, you know, and, and have their you know family be able to spread out so yeah I see more of it and I think like you said earlier even with COVID people wanted out of the city ever since then it really hasn't I mean I do a lot of construction loans and it maybe slowed a little bit but people were still building and the contractors are still built still busy and still building homes well and it's we've been construction costs got really high just because of the cost of lumber and everything else that was involved with it. It's eased back a little bit, but I don't think it's returned all the way to where it was before, has it? Well, I'm no builder, but I've heard that things have <laughs> come down. Um, but I don't think we're back to where we started at the beginning of all this. 
Now, I'm thinking of, uh, I, I do the drive going north out of Council Bluffs up to Crescent and pass that up to the Hitchcock Nature Preserve area and we'll, you know, do some hiking. Do you know how rarely it is I see a for sale sign along that highway? It's just not very often. When people get out of town, it seems to be that that's where they want to stay. So when you talk about how difficult it is to find some property, I, I can see that. How fast do they need to move if something becomes available? Is it like it was before with with homes a couple of years ago? They need to make it a snap decision quickly, or do they have any time at all to consider it? Well, I mean, I think that if you are going to be going down this route, then you need to talk to somebody about always being on the lookout for you. And if that property comes up, then you have an opportunity. And if you're not ready, you're not ready. You know, this is, you know, like I say all the time in our, in our uh, networking group, it's never too early to have a conversation. So let's have a conversation. What's your goals? What are you looking for? And then at least I can keep that in, in mind and connect you some, maybe to the right people to have you on that list when the right thing does come up. And then we, you have the opportunity to at least have a chance. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, just coming into the studio today, we were talking about a house that was previously listed. And, you know, it felt like an eternity that it was on the market for five days without having an offer. And so that's how fast we've adjusted to this very high-paced market. But, you know, that's still only five days. Even if it's two weeks, that's a big decision you have to make in a short amount of time. So that's why I say let's have that conversation early. Maybe you're not ready till 2024. Let's have that conversation now. At least we know if the right thing does come up, maybe you do move a little bit sooner. And I think, wouldn't you say, Blake, even when somebody's looking for land, there's a lot to think about when you're looking for land. Not only how many acres, but, you know, is, is there access to it? Is there is there already a well or water source to it? Am I going to have to put a septic on there? You know, if I'm going to build, where would be a good place to build on this property? So just because land is so different, I think it's good to get with a realtor and, and sit down and let them know what you're looking for because each piece of land is so different. Yeah. Is there a better time of year to be looking? I'm thinking about there's so much difference between what something looks like in the spring versus what something looks like in the dead of winter. Is, is there a better time to be looking at these types of properties? Well, it's funny you say that because it'd be nice if you knew about that piece of land for a long period of time and you could see it you know, through the stages of the year. I know personally that I had my eye on a piece of land and I drove out and looked at it in the morning and I drove out and looked at it in the evening just to see the difference, you know, where's the sun setting, where, you know, at this time of year. And so it's nice if you have, if you know of a, of a place that you'd like to be, you know, a rough idea of an area, and then you can kind of keep an eye on it and then maybe something in that area does come up. So I don't know, is there... Is there a better time of year, Michelle? I, I think it's when the right opportunity comes up. I would agree. Well, Michelle Sandin, Consumer Lending Officer with Farm Credit Services of America. Thank you once again for coming in. You know, we, you just need to do your own podcast. <laughs> we, you, you've been here so many times now, but I'm always thrilled anytime I see you come in, and I really appreciate it. And uh, also Blake Hunter, Realtor with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Ambassador Real Estate Offices in Omaha, Nebraska, and Council Bluffs, Iowa. Blake's your first contact if you have an interest. And in, in really, I would th say, Blake, that even if somebody's thinking about it or just a little curious, have the conversation. Yeah. And, and I, something I say frequently, conversations are free. They so. are. They are. And before we go, I want to just, I want to ask Michelle just to run through this scenario because I think this is really important for people to know. 
So Michelle, if if you find that piece of ground and you have a contractor, what would you need from that person to try to roll that into, you know, into one loan? What's that look like? You know, what's an ideal situation look like for you? So if they're ready to go, they have that land and they have the contractor, I'll get them in my office. We're going to do a a loan application. Um, We're going to gather financials. We're going to get the total cost of the project and we're going to sit down and and try and get them pre-approved. Once we're pre-approved and I have the plans and bids, we're ordering the appraisal and title work. So if if they've got everything and they've met with that contractor, we can hopefully close in 45 days. And that's when they're starting on their construction loan. They're locked in on day one. We, that's how we do ours is everything's up front, one set of, of closing costs. You're locking on day one, and the contractor starts to build. You have 12 months to complete it, but that is the best-case scenario. Okay, so mm-hmm. you, you're just to be clear, you're getting that loan up front, that construction loan, before a shovel ever hits dirt. Correct. And then that's paid out as you complete your project. Correct. And then you told me on the phone the other day, I thought this was really interesting, that since Farm Credit keeps the loan, um, you may have a little bit higher interest rate, but you have the opportunity to refinance once every 12 months for $500. That's correct. I used to say if rates come back down, but now it's when, when rates come back down. But yes, for the life of the loan, it's a refinance with Farm Credit for $500. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's actually a big benefit. And it's kind of a kind of a little safety valve there, knowing that look, we don't need to wait, and it's not going to break the bank in order for us to refinance if there's a huge change in the in the uh, uh, interest rate. Exactly, and I think that takes a lot of the fear out of it for people that, you know, hey, if this is half a percent higher now, I do have that that opportunity down the road. Maybe it's five years from now to refinance, and you're charged five hundred dollars. So. I think that's a huge bonus. And I've seen before where you know a lender will get them approved, and then by the time construction is done and rates are a half to three quarters higher, we might not qualify because that can be a big difference. So that's another huge benefit is, is we know on day one what your payment's going to be and your rate is locked and you're moving forward. And if you need more information, start with Blake. Just give Blake a call at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Ambassador Real Estate. Blake Hunter, Michelle Sandin, thank you both very much for your time. Thanks, Todd. And we thank you for listening to this episode of Hunting Home. We release new episodes each week. So until next time, take care.